Halloween, weirdos. What's your costume this year? And how much candy do you think you're going to get? Welcome to a very special Halloween episode of Just Us Weirdos, a weekly serialized fiction podcast about learning to be heroic. No matter how weird your power might be. Before we get started with today's issue, we want to tell you about some other great Halloween podcasts. You can find all of these at kidslisten.org. First off, October on This Week in the Multiverse. Starts with a visit to Earth 456, where Dracula, Wolfman, Frankenstein, and other monsters are out on the prowl for fish. Dracula breaks it down for us with his original composition, Monster Fishing Expedition. Plus, the worst vampire story in the entire multiverse. Then it's on Earth 13, where every scary highway story is real and out to get you. There's only one place to hide, the truck stop for ghost truckers. Then check out Book Power for Kids for book reviews as fun as the books they're about. Reviewed and acted out for you by Chaska, Leilani, and Maribel Power. This week, learn about Lucy Carlyle. She is a certified ghost hunter who can take down a specter with a steel nerf and a silver rapier. But an evil talking skull in a jar with a smart Alec sense of humor might be too much, even for her. Chaska, age 11, reviews The Whispering Skull, book two of Lockwood and Company by Jonathan Stroud. Finally, you're invited to an enchanting Halloween bash with Wanda, the witch, and her silly cat, Jinx, on Story Spectacular. Wanda can't wait to impress all of her guests with her magic dance shoes. But oh no, Wanda's shoes won't stop dancing. Who will save the day? Digger the dog will also stop by and tell us some funny Halloween jokes. It's going to be a spooktacular time. This is host Charlie White. I'm so happy to have some help in the studio today for our Halloween episode. I'm going to ask my helpers to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Alex, and I'm 10 years old. I live in Downers Grove, Illinois. Hello, my name is Dylan, and I am 9, and I live in Michigan, Caledonia. Hi, my name's Taylor. I'm 11, and I'm also from Caledonia, Michigan. And you know, it's me, creative director, Gabe. Now, get comfortable, think of something weird, and put a smile on your face. It's time for issue number eight of Just Us Weirdos. The Secret Origins of Graphene. Boo. Ah! (laughs) Two years ago. Do you want to go to the beach right after dinner? Or should we get ice cream first and then go to the beach? Mr. Emparo gives Amina a big smile as he waits for his answer. I'm ten now, Dad, Amina says. I know, honey, he says. Ten's not too old for ice cream, is it? Of course not, Amina says. It just means I'm smart enough to know when you and Mom are up to something. Mr. and Mrs. Emparo give each other a knowing look. What do you mean, sweetie? Amina's mom says, unconvincingly. Amina rolls her eyes. I mean, I know you and Dad aren't just going to suggest we do all of my favorite things. Go out for a taco dinner, go to the beach, and then get ice cream all on a school night. Unless there's something going on. Mrs. Amparo covers a grin with her hand. 
then reaches out across the table and strokes Amina's hair. You've caught us, honey. So are you going to tell me about something boring I have to do now? Amina says. Her dad chuckles. You know that honeymoon that your mom and I never took when we got married? Yeah, Amina says. So, you've always been talking about making that trip. You're finally going? I'm happy for you. And I know that this is a special mom and dad thing. You don't have to worry about telling me that I'm not invited. Amina's parents smile at each other. You're such a sweet kid, her dad says. The thing we have to tell you about is who's going to be watching you while we go. Amina gets excited. She hopes it will be her 26-year-old half-sister Yasmin, but she knows it might be her annoying half-brother Tomas and his bratty kids who call her Old Auntie Amina. Or maybe her parents will let her stay with her best friend Dagny for the week. But why are they acting like they've got bad news? Mrs. Amparo begins to break the news. I know you think that my knitting circle is weird, she begins. Amina interrupts. The words knitting circle make it sound like a cult, and it doesn't help that half of your members look like witches. You know, I think Mrs. Milliken really is a witch. That's enough, Mr. Amparo says. Mrs. Amparo speaks up. Mrs. Milliken is a kind, generous, and loving person. That's when Amina drops her taco. She doesn't even aim for the plate. It bounces off her knee, sending cheese and meat scattering to the floor. Amina's jaw drops nearly as far. Please don't tell me. Mr. Amparo puts his hands up defensively. It's really hard to ask anyone to take a week off work to watch you, and she's retired. Mrs. Amparo nods and leans in. And she's really a kind person. You don't even have to go to her house. She'll stay with us and sleep in our bedroom. Old Mrs. Milliken sleeping in her parents' bed? That's so much worse. Amina puts her head on the table and speaks right into the wood. Maybe we could see if there's a dog kennel to take me instead? Two weeks later. <laughs> Amina sits at the dinner table with her math homework in front of her. Mrs. Milliken lays on the couch, stroking her cat while watching game shows with really old people on them. The TV is so loud you could hear it if you were standing outside. And yet, somehow, Amina can still hear Mrs. Milliken's wet and scratchy breathing over it. Amina tries to concentrate on her homework, but in the middle of doing the first problem, Mrs. Milliken says, be a good little dear and find a cookie for us. Mrs. Milliken always says us when she just means me. Still, she's in charge, so Amina goes to the kitchen and brings back a box of cookies. Mrs. Milliken doesn't even look at her. Amina holds out the box, but Mrs. Milliken is so focused on this game show that she doesn't even seem to see her. Amina clears her throat, but the old woman can't hear it over the loud TV. Here are your cookies, Amina says. Mrs. Milliken looks over and says, oh, Chocolate doesn't agree with my tummy this evening. Bring us an oatmeal cookie. Amina rolls her eyes, but goes back to the kitchen and exchanges the chocolate cookies for oatmeal ones. She brings one, then takes a deep breath and tries to push the noises of the television and Mrs. Milliken's chewing out of her head 
and just concentrate on her math homework. Be a dear and bring us some milk, Mrs. Milliken says. Amina shoves her pencil so hard into the page that the lead snaps. Yes, Mrs. Milliken. She pours one glass of milk, then another for herself. Balancing the two, she walks across the kitchen to the pencil sharpener and accidentally spills a glass of milk all over the electric sharpener. With a groan, it dies. Amina unplugs it and dries it as best she can, but it won't restart. Where's our milk? Mrs. Milliken croaks from the other room. Amina sighs, refills a glass of milk, and looks in the pencil drawer for a replacement. She can't find a sharpened pencil, so she grabs a pen. Amina brings the milk to Mrs. Milliken and returns to her homework. Rereading the first math problem for the tenth time, Amina starts to reason out the answer. Oh, he's going to the lightning round, Mrs. Milliken shrieks, and the TV announcer starts talking about numbers. He's won a total of $17,348. 17-game winning streak. And you've got one, two, three, four, five letters of this puzzle. Amina does her best to ignore Mrs. Milliken and the TV and focus on her math homework. She starts jotting down answers with her pen. And the third problem, Mrs. Milliken says, Oh, fiddlesticks to my tummy. Let's have a chocolate cookie anyway. Amina drops the pen and pulls her charcoal black hair, saying, I'm trying to do my homework here. Oh, you're not done with that yet? Mrs. Milliken asks. Let's have a look. Will you bring me a chocolate cookie? Fine, Amina says as rudely as she feels, but a lot more rudely than she means. She stomps over to the couch and drops the homework on Mrs. Milliken's lap, then stomps to the kitchen and grabs the box of chocolate cookies. This time, she doesn't wait to be invited. She just tears the box open and eats a cookie before bringing it to her terrible babysitter. Oh dear, these answers are all wrong, Mrs. Milliken says. Aye, Amina says, but Mrs. Milliken continues. And you should never do homework in pen. You can't erase it now. But I'm only... And your writing is so sloppy, it's disgraceful. I And wait a minute. Did you just eat a cookie without asking? Something in Amina's mind snaps. She no longer cares that she's ten and Mrs. Milliken is probably at least a hundred years older than her. Will you just shut up, old lady? I've been trying to do my homework for an hour and your stupid program keeps blurting out numbers and you keep eating all of our food and you say us when you mean me. Amina should stop talking. Really, she shouldn't have started. But she continues anyway. I can't wait until you're out of my house, you old witch. What did you say? Mrs. Milliken croaks. Her voice has seemed to change a bit. And now Amina realizes that she crossed a line. Uh, I'm sorry, she starts but Mrs. Milliken rises to her feet, the first time she's done this in at least two hours, and repeats in a voice that sounds even more like ripping paper. What did you call me? Amina takes a step back, and Mrs. Milliken takes two steps forward. Then there's a bright green flash of light. The TV dies. In fact, 
All the lights in the house turn off. Mrs. Milliken is glowing like the TV is inside of her. Green light pours from her eyes and mouth, and she points a glowing finger at Amina. She seems to grow by about two feet. Then Amina notices that Mrs. Milliken's feet aren't even on the floor. She is levitating above the shag carpet. How did you know? Mrs. Milliken demands angrily. I'm sorry, Amina chirps. Insolent girl, you should know better than to provoke a witch, lest you suffer the wrath of the witch's curse. No, no, please, Amina says. I, I didn't mean it. Let's see, I haven't done a curse in a while. What rhymes with dense girl? Amina tries to back out of the room. Mrs. Milliken points one glowing hand towards the door behind Amina. The door slams shut. Mrs. Milliken's mouth opens again, and dark purplish smoke seems to pour from it as she forms the words of her curse. I curse you, lazy, sloppy, and dense girl. When you do your homework, always use... Wait, that's too many syllables. When you do your homework, be a pencil. Amina is whimpering with fear, but she still manages to say, Wait, I don't get it. What does that even mean? Silence, fool, I am cursing you. Amina gulps and Mrs. Milliken continues. Every assignment you must do and... Uh, do... Or find that your homework shall become you! Lightning flashes, and thunder cracks, and Amina hears the sound of glass breaking. As quickly as she can, she crawls to the kitchen and squeezes through the door before Mrs. Milliken can shut it with her mind. Then Amina gets to her feet, runs to her bedroom, and slams and locks the door. She doesn't remember falling asleep, but Amina wakes up, sitting on her bedroom floor, with her back against the door. It's getting light outside. Her bedroom clock says 7.40. It's a school day. Cautiously, she pushes open her door and moves into the hallway. The house is completely quiet. Her parents' bedroom door is open, but no one is in the bed. Did Mrs. Milligan just leave? Amina continues through the house and moves back into the living room where the strange events of last night seemed to have happened. But Mrs. Milliken is sleeping peacefully on the couch. The room is clean. There's no broken glass, and Mrs. Milliken is neither glowing nor levitating. An empty box of chocolate cookies sits on the table in front of her. Amina quickly walks back to her bedroom and gets changed for school. When she pulls off yesterday's t-shirt, she notices something strange on her stomach. Looking in the mirror, she can see that she's covered with writing, specifically math problems. Looking more closely, she sees writing on her face and arms, too. 
These are her homework problems from last night. Amina runs to the bathroom and tries to scrub it off, but it will not come off. She scrubs and scrubs, and as she does, some of Mrs. Milligan's strange words echo in her ears. Every assignment you must do and do, or find that your homework shall become you. She never finished her math homework last night. Is this what it means for her homework to become her? Still dripping wet, she rushes back to the living room and finds her homework on the floor next to the sleeping witch. Yeah, it's probably okay to call her that now. Amina snatches the homework and runs back to the table, grabbing the pen and starting to write down the answers. But nothing happens. The writing is still on her arms. Amina is still her homework. Then she remembers the weirdest part of the witch's curse. When you do your homework, be a pencil. Amina runs to the kitchen and plugs the pencil sharpener back in, saying, Please work, please work, please work. She tries her broken pencil from last night, and after a false start, the pencil sharpener starts grinding it to a point. She takes the sharpened pencil back to the table and writes an answer. Some of the writing on her arm seems to absorb into her skin. It's a weird, tingly feeling. Not like the writing disappeared, but like it sunk into her body. Amina keeps writing answers, and the tingling spreads up her arms, across her belly, then on her face. When she's done with her homework, she runs to the bathroom and looks at herself in the mirror. At last, the writing is gone. She hears the bus down the street. Amina throws on a sweatshirt, grabs her backpack, and runs outside. After she's gotten on the bus and taken a seat in the back next to her best friend, Amina begins to whisper the events of last night to Dagny. Dagny smiles like she's enjoying the story. But then she says, You don't expect me to believe a single word of that, do you? Amina says, I'm telling the truth. Dagny rolls her eyes. Amina says, Cross my heart, and draws an X on her chest. How did you do that? Dagny asks, looking at Amina's chest. Do what? Amina says, but then she looks down at her own torso. The X that she drew has somehow become real. It is as if her finger is a fat pencil and has left the marking behind. Amina touches the graphite X on her sweatshirt and whispers, I can feel it. And I can feel that some of the writing has left my body. Amina rubs the pencil-drawn X, and it pops off her chest and into her hand. She and Dagny stare at it with open mouths. You're like me now, Dagny whispers. We're both supers. Dagny had confessed to Amina two years earlier that she'd developed her own strange powers. Amina draws several more letters with her fingertip on her body, and then on the side of the bus, popping them off as she draws them. She hands a letter W to Dagny. What's this for? Dagny asks. Amina smiles. That's for us, weirdos. Thank you for listening to our special Halloween episode, dear listener. As usual on our special episodes, we're going to skip villainous letters today. 
but we'd still really love your submissions. Send your hero ideas and your villain ideas to us online at justusweirdos.com. There you can listen to all of our other episodes and subscribe to the podcast so you get the new issue every week when it comes out. You can also find us on social media. Facebook and Twitter are Just Us Weirdos, and Instagram is Just Us Weirdos Podcast. Or send us an email at hero at justusweirdos.com. Special thanks, as always, to Joe Carnwath, who wrote, produced, and performed our theme music. Check out Joe's music online at joecarnwath.com or find him on Spotify. Thanks for listening. And remember, be kind, be creative, and most of all, be weird. Happy Halloween, weirdos.